All right, here we are. We are live, and welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. You have uh, sound there, dear. You're ready to go. So All welcome, right. everybody. Right. <laughs> Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Uh, as you can see, if you are watching us on YouTube right now, that, that uh, uh, I, I am in a different place than, than JC, so this is kind of a new thing for us. For us. And, I, and, I, and, here's and here's the crazy thing, I can't see JC, and JC can see me, but I can't see him. Do I look okay here? All right. Well, I am, the reason that I am not with JC is because I am in Washington, D.C. I just finished a White House policy briefing. I heard people in the Trump administration say that's not authorized by the Constitution for us to do that. Uh, we're trying, we, we don't need to give the government more power. We need to give the government, we need to give back the power to the people in the states and we need to do uh, less. And that was actually something that was even said at this policy briefing. So I was very excited. You know, I draw my encouragement in small bits and pieces. And so that that was pretty encouraging. I did take some notes, JC. Do you want? Would you like me to talk about that? Are you there? I can't hear you, JC. I'm I'm here. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to deal with the echo. I'm trying to get that gone. Oh, um, we have an echo. And then it's low. But keep rocking it out. It's all it's all you. Go ahead. Oh, it's all me. Okay. Why well, don't I don't have anybody to look at? Uh, one of the things that that sort of made me grumble at this this press briefing is they started off talking about uh, Ivanka's office of economics and how she's Ivanka is fighting for paid leave, and you know how I am about that because the federal government has no authority over the states and over the people for this kind of thing, but. I, I, I kept myself cool and I listened all the way through and the thing is once again the Trump administration is not trying to do an executive order or pass legislation uh, through the Department of Labor and force uh, paid leave like maternity leave for everybody this is only going to be for federal workers uh, which uh, include military spouses, apparently, and they're also start working on a child care affordability partnership um, for federal workers as well. So when you talk about federal employment laws, you talk about federal benefits for employment. These are the this is where it belongs in federal employment. Now look, I know people out there are already jumping on, but Chrisanne, we have. Uh, we have agencies, we have employees that should not exist. Yes, I understand that. And she's and one of the uh, presenters at the at the policy briefing today said that the, the the federal government, you probably know this, JC, is the largest employer in America. No doubt. And that ought not be. There's no way 
that the federal government ought to be the largest employer in America. Uh, a limited and defined federal government based on a republic is not the largest employer in America. It just simply is not. And so that's part of what we have to do. And I think, and I don't know, Jason, you can agree with me or not, but I think we're making headway in the fact that we're actually dealing with key people in the Trump administration, the policymakers, I would say the sort of wonky kind of people who are actually acknowledging, number one, that the federal government is limited and defined in its power, number two, that they're doing too many things, and number three, there are things they need to stop doing. So I want to take my encouragement where it comes. And then finally, recognizing that paid leave is not something that Donald Trump can do for America, right? And, and she specifically said this. Uh, we think that paid leave is, is a great thing. It's a great program. And we want to, uh, Donald Trump, as the, remember, the Donald Trump is the CEO, the President of the United States is the CEO of the executive agency. And as the CEO of the executive agency, he wants executive agency employees to have paid leave. Now, the question becomes, what are the limits of the federal government's authority in granting benefits for employment? Well, that's, that's going to be a really big discussion because I don't know that we can actually answer that question in the current environment that we're in considering we have federal employment that shouldn't even exist. Does that make sense? So, uh, all right. So um, it's, it's really, I don't know, I just, uh, it's not all great things. It's not all um, perfect in most, in, in, in any respect of the word. We're still doing too many things. Uh, one of the things that I recognized in this meeting, there were probably, uh, I don't know, maybe 120, 150 people in this policy briefing. And now these are not media. There's no media in these policy briefings. There's no politicians in these policy briefings unless they're local state kind of politicians and we don't know it. These are all just regular people, mostly activists in, in some uh, social political realm or people who just want to be involved. And the one thing that I still recognize is that there are, there are way too many people, even in this, this sort of realm of people who are allegedly conservative, allegedly uh, some of them even self-identified as constitutionalists uh, in this room, who, who start off the sentence with, uh, can Donald Trump do this, right? How can we get Donald Trump to do this? And so in spite of the fact that apparently these people in the Trump administration uh, understand that there are things that the Trump administration can't do, uh, we still have way too many people in America who want Donald Trump to be king, to be the savior, to be the answer to their problems. Uh, one person actually asked JC, they asked, um, can you uh, tell me how we can get Donald Trump to take over the election process and the... Uh, uh, voter fraud, right? 
And so what was really, really awesome was that Donald, uh, but as the, the uh, person said, the, the person in the Trump administration, her name was Sarah, she actually said, uh, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do that. That is, an, uh, that is a state authority. Uh, taking control of the elections is not part of our uh, authority. And I thought that that was really, really cool. I, I felt very, very encouraged by that, that she actually stood up and she actually stepped up and said, no, we're not going to do that because um, we're not going to do that because that's not something that we're allowed to do. And so I don't know. I think that's encouraging. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we ran into some like that in there, you know, here and there. Again, we talked about this, you know, it's a mixture. You still got, I mean, you have lots of establishment people in there and, and that's the thing you fight against, you know, and, and like we've said is who, who has the ear of Trump, who's influencing him at the time and okay. is this a constant battle? Every time we've been up there, you see within the Republican Party, within the administration, uh, that tension and that sort of war, the never Trumpers, establishment, and I mean, they're all in there. So it's... It's a, I mean, you remember the people we talked to the last time talking about really how, what a battle it was every day that they, they're fighting not only the left, but the people supposedly on their own side. And it's back and forth. And we've seen that throughout this administration because, you know, Trump ostensibly is an outsider and doesn't, uh, doesn't operate the way that they want him to operate. And so you've seen people in there in his own administration trying to take him out, trying to take him down. And so, you know, it's good that when you hear people like we like we heard at the Department of Education, you know, right. a couple of those guys that were really um, states rights and limited government. And and, uh, and they they understand what a fight it is to be in there and how sort of, um, you know, they're sort of unicorns in there and they realize they're outnumbered for the most part. Well, it was really interesting what Sarah said. She says she loves coming to these policy briefings because then she gets to to meet real people and she gets to hear people ask real questions and and a lot of the audience was just simply giving you know, giving them encouragement because you know say what you want uh, it can't be a very pleasant place to work in in Washington D.C. right now in the Trump administration with everything's going on. I can't even imagine what the stress level has to be, you know, going through this. And they mentioned how stressful it is for uh, right now in in the White House and to try to do things that you're supposed to be doing with with all of this vitriol and and evil coming at them from the unconstitutional impeachment. You know, I mean, we've got, okay, so they've pulled bribery off of the table. We're not going to impeach Donald Trump for bribery. We're not going to impeach him for treason. And so now we're going to impeach him for this arbitrary, non-criminal claim called abuse of power. What in the stinking heck is that? And so I can't, as an employee of Donald Trump, right? That, that can't be a great place to work. And you could tell Sarah... Uh, I, I wish I remembered her last name, but she's such a delight, and she's a very godly person. She, you know, she talked about her faith a lot, and uh, she was just so grateful to get encouragement. She says, you know, we like to travel. 
we like to travel and teach other people because, and here's what she said, JC, you'll appreciate this. She said, it's great for us to get out of the bubble because in the bubble, everything is bad. But when you get out into the public and you see that we are, we are, American people are generally happy. American people don't hate each other. American people don't, aren't slinging mud at each other and, and being nasty every day. And, and, and the American people are, 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 are Americans. And so she said, and I thought you would appreciate that, talking about once you get out of the bubble, you realize it's not as bad as everybody says it is. And I think that's something that we, and I mean we in, in our in our you know our, our circle here need to understand uh, JC you you refer to them as political junkies sometimes political junkies got to step back and realize that all the stuff that we are feeding on on a daily basis all the time is not healthy all the time and that's why you know you and I have talked about this a lot it's it's good to have a sort of week of a media fast where you where you get away from that you just sort of get into the family i don't know a way uh to a better time to have your media fast is than during the holidays just put yourself immerse yourself in your neighborhood in your family and your people in your community and and set aside all of this it really is very toxic i think and that that was one of the words sarah used she said it really is a very toxic environment at the time yeah, you have to have an outlet. I mean, you have to have something that feeds your soul. You know what I mean? Uh, right. I think that's very important. One of the one of the people that was 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 in the policy briefing today uh, made the statement, and I sort of, you know, that linguist trick where somebody says something and then you just replay it and replay it in your mind until it makes sense. And and this really really made sense at first to me. I thought, oh my goodness, what is this? But I want to read to you because I t I wrote it down. She said, there are many millennials now who are small business owners. She said, for some reason, the millennial generation is an entrepreneurial generation. We are uh, statistically outnumbering other generations at our age at starting businesses. And she says, I know there are many small business owners, uh, millennial small business owners who want to embrace limited government principles. And she said, but we want to know what the president is going to do to help encourage small business owners. And I, I kept, I was like, oh, goodness, you're, demand, you're, you're asking for limited government, and then you're saying, what will the president do? And then I realized what she's actually asking for is for the federal government to get out of businesses. How will you encourage small businesses excuse me, by pulling your regulations out of small businesses. And that's what what the, um, <coughs> excuse me, what the person in the administration actually realized she was saying. And she started listing all of the regulations that's been repealed. Do you remember Donald Trump made a promise? He said, uh, I'm going to make the executive agency, anytime they try to pass a new regulation, they must repeal two. She says that they have actually repealed 22 for every two regulations created. I think that's pretty crazy. And that's the best way to encourage entrepreneurs, the best way to control, to, to encourage small businesses is to get out of their business. 
Yeah, for sure. And that, I think that's been the general approach. That's been the one good thing that's been the good, consistent approach, I think, is, you know, they came in with the idea of uh, rolling back regulations. I, you know, they talked about the program of looking at all the agencies and just trying to get rid of, delete everything they possibly uh, could to free up, um, you know, entrepreneurship and just just business, you know, and, and commerce. So, yeah, I think that that's the approach. But, you know, you we typically hear in these forums just ask, uh, the, even when we were there before, the a whole room full of so-called conservatives and they're just begging for all these sort of things for the government to do. It's just, yeah. uh, it's on their side. You know, it supports their sort of hobby horses what will you do for us rather than right. how, how, are you, what will you do to get out of the way? Right. They, they yeah. typically don't ask that. Right. And I think, and I think that's actually what she was. I, I now that I realize with the answer to the question, that's actually what she's saying. What are you going to do to get out of our way? And uh, I think that that's, that's really, really crazy. I sorry for everybody who was watching me text while JC was, um, was talking but i just got a text from um uh from <laughs> secret service um somebody working for secret service actually trying to tell me that they are uh fitting me into another white house visit this weekend that i wasn't scheduled for so i'm like yay <laughs> this is exciting i think that what we're doing here um is is making small inroads with with uh with networking, right? So many great people that I'm meeting. Um, I actually talked to somebody and, and, and here's the, some of the things that I brought up. I brought up education, JC, because I know that's a really big thing. And, uh, a lot of people were talking about, uh, you know, this, we're working hard, we're making this happen. We're doing this, we're doing that. And, and I said, look, I think that we need to recognize that we are doing a good job, that we are making headway, there are changes for the positive being made, and I'm proud of everybody being here. But we must also recognize that if we don't get a handle on the younger generations and what they're being taught, all the progress that we are making now is going to be overturned because we're teaching them that the enemy is their friend. And we're teaching them socialism is good while we're telling them that it's not. And so when they get eight hours a day of socialism, 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 communism, 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 and then we try to step back and say, okay, no, that's bad. And how many minutes out of that eight hours a day do you do to counteract that? That's why we have generations of people. I said, so I asked again, your question, JC, what is the, uh, how can, uh, and, and I tried to do it in a positive way. I said, how can we encourage the executive agency to withdraw federal funding from schools that are not teaching the Constitution, not teaching government properly, and are discriminating against truth, uh, speech and uh, constitutional speech. It was very encouraging because then I got a big rousing applause by the whole room. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, why don't we... Uh, you know, instead of saying socialism bad, Stalin bad, communism bad, why don't we start a public service message about who we are? 
about the beauty of constitutional republic. We are a constant, we are, you know, don't say we're not something, say what we are. And we, we need to have positive messages about the government in just little public service announcements. As I said, look, we recognize that the Constitution does not give place for a Department of Education, but there's no reason why the federal government can't use the platform that it has you know, as being the president or as being an agent of the president and give public service announcements about the Constitution, about American history, about who we really are. And so uh, I, the one of this, the lady who was in charge of the whole meeting talked to me afterwards and she said, Chrisanne, I'm really, really interested in this concept. Um, give me your information. We need to make this happen. So uh, you know, we've heard lots of promises before, we've heard lots and lots of things before, but it's very, very encouraging to me to see that we have, uh, actually have an opportunity to, um, we have an opportunity to make something positive happen. What do you think about that, JC? I can't see your face, so it's hard for me. Yeah, I think it's great. I, I, don't, I didn't want to say too much without my face being on there. Um, yeah. Give a little feedback when we switch to the dual camera, but um, yeah, no, I think that's great. I mean, you, like you said, you got to get the information out there positive. You just can't be, you know, everybody knows what you're against and, and, and you got to give solutions and you got to give something productive rather than just a declaration of what you're against and what's wrong, you know? So I think right. that's a great idea and hopefully yeah. somebody grab hold of that. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and I think, you know, there's one thing, I don't know if it's because, uh, the people that we get pulled in with are, you know, this faith-based initiative crowd. Uh, I don't know if it's because the people, uh, it, because this is the, the tenor of the Trump administration being faith-based, but these are people that seem genuinely concerned and genuinely dedicated to seeing positive things happen. And I think that's that's really, really good. Oh, she said one thing that was really, really amazing. You know, she uh, Sarah says she gets a chance to talk to White House staff that's been around for like 40 years. You know, some of those staffers in the White House themselves have been uh, very, been there a very long time. And it was really surprising to me because I think this might be a little bit, um, at first thought, people might not think this. But she says the White House staff, like the people who work in the kitchen and the people who are, you know, cleaning and, and just doing services for the uh, president's family, said this Trump family is the kindest, most considerate, most, um, uh, what did she say, just, just the kindest, most considerate family that we've ever dealt with in the White House. Wow. Yeah, and and so that, you it's would, not surprising to hear that. Yeah, you, well, my thought was, well, you know, Donald Trump's a, a billionaire. He was raised a billionaire. You know, his wife is is all hotty-totty. And, you know, they're all, you know, they never were without money or anything. And so maybe they have this kind of, of subject master kind of thing that happens to rich people that are raised in rich homes who always have servants. And she's... She said that they said that they were the kindest, most considerate and humble people they had, they've ever had in the White House in their tenure. And we're talking about people who have been there 30 years. Yeah. No, that lines up with the stories, you know, when Trump, 
Um, it, it's funny, they were, there was one story they were trying to mock Trump about a missing, some, or, or I don't know, coming late, some press meeting or whatever. And the whole reason was he stayed, it was like a, some hospital visit and he's with the family or somebody and just stayed there and devoted his time and gave time to that person, you know, caring and, and uh, ministering to that person. And, and, and they were all upset of how, you know, look how inconsiderate he is because he didn't come to us, the press, and he made us wait. But it, it shows that, I think what you're saying, that character where he, is, he really is caring toward people. You know, he's a right. big hearted guy. I mean, I, I said that from the beginning, you know, he may right. have his mouth may be, you know, rough when it in the political realm uh, mm -hmm. and in other situations. But he's definitely been I've always noticed he has a he's a very tender hearted, big hearted guy, compassionate person for sure. I mean, whatever else you might say about him, whatever you might disagree policies and different actions that he's taken. Um, he clearly is a guy full of care, you know, for people. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I, I have to look for the encouraging pieces because as a generality, I, I'm, I don't like being in Washington, D.C. I don't like being amongst politicians. And, it, you know, I, 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 it's easy to sort of get discouraged and overwhelmed. But I, I am really encouraged by the progress that has simply been made in a matter of a few years. And I can't help but think that, that things, uh, things could be better. One person asked, how much more could happen if there wasn't such, uh, such, such uh, vicious opposition? You know, I mean, so much of, of the Trump administration's resources are distracted by all of this and i think that's and it occurred to me at that point jc maybe that's why they're fighting so hard because they don't want a lot of this they don't want a lot of stuff to happen because here's what happens jc correct me if you think i'm wrong here's what happens when somebody gets into office and actually does a lot in a short period of time doesn't that short, sort of shine the light on the people that have been there for 40 years and made all kinds of promises and never done anything at all? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's part of the drama because, as you said, a lot has been accomplished. Most people don't even know that. If you've made that statement, people you know, are like, what are you talking about? Uh, it's all yeah. been this, this drama and fighting and this and that, but they've done a lot. And because right. of the drama and the distraction, people don't even know the things that have been accomplished. I mean, we only know many of them because we've been in there and, right. and talked to the people in the departments and seen all that they've right. done. It's been astounding what this administration yep. has done. Yeah, it is. It is pretty amazing. You know, I don't want to, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm just really encouraged and I'm excited about uh, the doors that are opening uh, things things move slower than I want them to because I'm, you know me, JC, you're my husband. I'm the kind of person you give me a task. All right, let's get it done. Let's get it done now. Let's do it. And so the whole game of patience and waiting on the Lord is, is my greatest problem. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about, about the inroads. I'm excited about the encouraging things that I see. I'm excited about the connections that we're making. And I just want to say that 
because I want everyone who is watching now and everybody who will be listening, I want to just say thank you so much for all the support that you've given us over the last 10 years. I mean, we are coming up on year number, year 10, really, of, of doing this, 11 years of being involved, but 10 years of really doing this. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who has who has and continues to support this. Uh, many of you recognize that this is a full-time life for JC and I, and it's a life for Colton too. And trips to Washington, D.C., and the equipment that we use and everything that we do costs money, and it takes time. And I'm just, I don't, I don't know, JC, if I'll ever be able to convey how grateful I am to everyone who who is who partners with us to make sure we can do this yeah no and and that's when you get to see that stuff it isn't it is encouraging when you can get in there and see what's happening and and uh one of the comments here on the on the in the youtube chat lisa says bingo chris and the plantations are on fire and the yankees are coming that's the thing we've that's been encouraging overall of these these areas, like you see the black community, you know, just being disrupted, the, the church, you know, so much of the people of faith waking up, getting involved, um, the college kids on the campus. I mean, all of these things, it's, it's just the, the thing about this administration and then all the people, you know, the grassroots people at this time during this administration working it's, it's really one, if I could give it one word, it's disruptive. I mean, the, the left and the progressives kind of were going along and everything has been disrupted. Every place that they had had a stranglehold on um, is being disruptive. And that's, that's why I think they're so crazy because they sense uh, losing their grip on all of these areas that basically the, the grassroots uh, and then, you know, those encouraged by Trump's just bombastic, you know, wrecking ball approach have just been emboldened to go harder. And I think that's why the left fights. I mean, again, not to agree with everything Trump does or the decisions, you know, like USMCA or whatever. But just that tone, that wrecking ball tone, I think has emboldened people. And it's such an invasion of the left's strongholds. And, and right. they're, they're absolutely apoplectic. I mean, and that's why you see the house in its lunacy, because I really do think they sense that they're losing control of what they, you know, they had their boot on the neck of Americans. And now I think they feel like the boot is slipping off. And I, I, I forget who it is. There's a recording going around now of, I, I want to say it, it was McConnell. Um, I don't know, saying, uh, maybe you've heard it. You're, you're more in tune with this kind of stuff than I am. It's, it's somebody saying, well, Trump doesn't follow the narrative and, 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 you know, something about they don't like the fact that Trump doesn't follow the narrative. Coming from a Republican, right? And yeah. I think that's it. I mean, he's... He's the kind of guy, you know, we've talked about this on the air, JC, and I'm pulling up my notes here now. Um, I wrote this down, too. Uh, I actually texted you, and I said, look, the, uh, she just said something that you and I have been saying all along. Uh, she said that, that, and this goes along with that statement that Trump doesn't follow the narrative. 
She said that Trump doesn't make decisions in the traditional presidential way with lobbyists and political strategists. Yeah. Right? So what does that tell you about the the traditional way of presidents? You know, they make their decisions on lobbyists and political strategists. She says he very often, most often, follows his gut. Right. And that's why we need to get Trump some some constitutional gut training. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> yeah, make his gut better. We need to make we need to make Donald Trump's constitutional gut better. <laughs> But it's good. I mean, that's that's the threat. And again, you know, there's plenty to criticize. It's not like, you know, we worship Trump. We love Trump. He's the savior. That's not the point. But no, I, I think I oh think just if anybody says that. Just shut up. Just go away. Just sign off now. OK, I don't even want to hear. Oh, Chris Ann, Chris Ann, you used to be so objective. What's wrong with you? You're on the Trump train. She's been brainwashed. Shut up. Go away. I don't even want you here. No, to, to me. I, to me, it's about the people. It's the grassroots. It's the people mm-hmm. and right. just his approach. Again, he, he's, I think he's wrong on USMCA, at which it's not him. It's his advisors. He's let people run that thing. And, and that's, a, that's right. an absolute train wreck for sure. But to me, it's about the approach, the environment, the, the attitude, the, the wrecking ball uh, approach where I, it, really it contrasts with uh, W. For me, it right. contrasts with George W. Oh, the whole new tone and blah blah blah, just being all milk toast. The progressives right. laugh at that. That's blood in the right. water, and we've seen right. that crap from Republicans forever. You, that that this assumption, if you're nice enough, then they'll be nice to you. That ain't happening, pal. They're they're not in they're not in this game to be nice. And so I think just his his bombast has woken people up to, hey, man, you got to be a bulldog and get in the fight. It doesn't mean you, you know, you have to, um, you know, be mean for the sake of being mean, but you got to stand up with some cojones. You know, mm-hmm. Trump's not a eunuch. That's that's what I like. You know, come right. on, grow right. a pair. That's what we need. And and we've just had people who are eunuchs and, and supposed to be representing us. They they don't have a pair. Let me say it that way. And so he that's how he's different to me in that. Uh, I think that adds fuel to the grassroots fire. So the people who do have the right constitutional um, gut are then encouraged and can get in there and, hey, man, fight like he fights. You know, if you think you're right, fight like he fights. Right, exactly, exactly. And, well, and here's the thing. We've created in government, I like to use this analogy uh, sometimes, if you're a parent and you have never disciplined your child, and then all of a sudden your child is 15 years old and you decide, wait a minute, this child is completely out of control. I need to, to start discipline. You start ch- disciplining a 15-year-old after you've never disciplined them for their entire life. Uh, you're not going to be very effective unless you get bold, right? You're going to have to use new tactics. What we have is a government that has been spoiled for the last 150 years. It's never been told no, never been taken to the woodshed, never, never been corrected. And that's why you always get, why are you, why are you uh, uh, hating me? No, I'm not hating you. I'm correcting you. Why are you attacking me? I'm not attacking you. I'm correcting you. And so what we have is a spoiled teenage government. And that's why I said you you have to have somebody with some strength to stand up and say no. And not only no, 
I mean no. Yeah, amen. But we do need to get Donald some 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 constitutional training. So um, I don't know if you're going to talk if you had planned to talk about this, but in the yeah. realm of seeing things that are encouraging. Um, another thing sort of on the radar is all of these uh, sanctuary, Second Amendment sanctuary. Right. Uh, decisions, whatever sanctuary city, sanctuary decisions from from municipalities. Um, that seems to be encouraging how I mean, that's like spread like wildfire. So people are standing up on, you know, local individual level saying we don't have to we don't have to be bullied by the majority and we don't have to be bullied by the feds. And so that's encouraging to me. Right. It is encouraging. And and we're seeing that happen. We covered this uh, not too long ago, I think, JC, about the craziness that's going on in, in Virginia. Well, the Virginia government, you know, we had that uh, county commissioner step up in Virginia say, uh, we're the new Democrats, and when we come in, we're going to undo anything that the Republicans do with the sanctuary cities, so, or make, make, make our city a sanctuary city, make our county a sanctuary county, we're going to overturn it when we come in. Well, here's the thing, the people are standing up in Virginia as well, and this is something that I've always believed, that opposition and oppression brings, uh, makes people stand up, Yeah. right? And so it's like that saying, I always say, it's always somebody else's fight until you get punched in the eye. Well, people are going to realize, or, and they're beginning to realize, they're getting punched in the eye. And this is something very, very important for the people and very, very important for us to understand that we have to stand up together. And I'm really encouraged when I see people standing up in Virginia. Uh, somebody sent me a YouTube of a, of a young lady I was so excited. A young lady giving a speech at a rally where they had actually just met and convinced their city to become a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Now, I know it's not Second Amendment, but, you know, it's just the lingo. A Second Amendment sanctuary city. Do you know how she started off her speech, JC? I about bunched out in cheers. Yeah, I didn't see it. She said, Patrick Henry said, I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that's the lamp of experience. I know no way to judge the future but by the past. Nice. <laughs> oh, how awesome is that? You think maybe she heard one of our classes? I mean, that's, that is a speech that I, a line I use from, from Patrick Henry every, practically every single class I teach. And she went on to say, experience and knowledge tells us that tyrants will rise up to disarm the people. They will disarm the people in different ways. They will dumb them down to think they don't need them. They will, uh, they will take their guns away through tyranny and through, through um, deceit. And she just, I mean, she went with that whole theme of, of lamp and experience. And I thought that was pretty exciting. Does that excite you? <laughs> Well, I think it's like you said, and, and that's why I, I think, um, and of course, Patrick Henry is from Virginia. Um, I, I think, um, you know, like you said, basically, the harder they push, you know, then the, the more people resist. And so I, that's the one thing about the stuff the Democrats in the House and the Democrats are doing that is positive, in a sense. They're, they're sinking, I think they're sinking their own boat, number one. And so go ahead keep going, knock yourself out. Uh, and then the other thing is they're, they're fueling the fire of 
resistance in the sense of people are standing for their liberties uh, in a bolder and bolder way all the time. Now, of course, the danger there that they keep keep going, keep pushing, that maybe is their purpose is to push to revolution, um, which, you know, we don't we don't want to have that's that's not what we want but i'm i'm afraid sometimes that's that is what they try to uh incite but but i'm glad you know people are standing in that way to right. um explain and voice and teach and uh protest and engage you know and and look to the political solutions that we still have mm-hmm. and so it right. is encouraging that you know like i said again the harder they push uh the more people stand for their liberty and I'm, and yeah, and I think uh, it's just encouraging to me all of the people who are um, returning back to the original source documents. I mean, I didn't, I didn't mean to sound arrogant to think that the only way she could know is because she learned from me. But it's just so exciting to to see people returning to the people and to the documents that that really provide me with the passion that I have and then seeing other people get that same passion it's and I I, I've you know people have said that the that passion is 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 uh contagious so I I know it when I feel it from the other people and it and it comes from that same spring of uh, of springing source I I get sort of touched up too so (laughs) all right well I'll uh we appreciate everybody being on. Um, sorry about the the uh, technical difficulties. First time with this program that we've done the kind of remote, and so get all the bugs nailed down for next show, and uh, and it'll be better, I think. So. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. And I, you know, there's a lot of things that were running through my mind to talk about on today's show. But I'm I'm really I'm really pleased. I feel like maybe God has put this show out there because we need we need some positive padding on the back, and we need to look up sometimes. Uh, from you know we we sometimes we get our blinders on, and we get and I know me personally, I'm I'm an uber focused person. JC will tell you if I'm on task, I am focused. There's nothing and, and there's nothing but completing the task, and I don't stop until it's complete. And so. I think maybe it's good for us to sort of sit back, pause, and just have a little conversation and talk about the progress and talk about the good things and talk about other stuff going on. Uh, I just want to remind everybody to uh, to go to chrisannhall.com and check out the articles that I've been uh, writing on impeachment. Uh, go back and share some of the old shows. Uh, yesterday's show on the bar interview, I think it was just off the chain, and 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 so many people are really really enjoying the um, the article that we did on the uh, OIG report. Yeah. So just remember these things. Uh, much of what we do is us. if you haven't been to Cranhall.com in a while, and you haven't just scrolled through the articles that I've written. Uh, you know, go through that. We have guest writers too, and just refresh your memory because repetition is the key to education, and uh, we need to be educated so that we can apply this stuff properly. Well, I, well, I appreciate the update. Uh, I I think it's good to know 
you know, to, to be able to know that there are folks like that in the administration that are fighting that have a right, you know, limited government perspective, states, you know, states authority perspective and, um, you know, to, to be encouraged. And I think this, this is the time where, you know, we, we need to come together, we need to stick together and we need to, yes. you know, stand up together. And I think, you know, I think the scripture says iron sharpens iron. So I think the, you know, the more you see people stand up, then the more it encourages others to stand up. So I, I'm, like I said, I'm very encouraged to, I didn't know it. I was actually running through that article that was trying to uh, criticize uh, gun sanctuary cities. But in the midst of the article, he started giving all the numbers of how many places have done it. And the article actually encouraged me because I thought, my yes. goodness, it's everywhere. Holy mackerel, yes. how many people yes. are standing up. And yes. so it's nice because, yes. you know, we, you don't always get to see that in your where you're at in your own little backyard. Right. And uh, so it's nice to know that, man, this thing is spread like wildfire throughout yeah. the country. So, you know, if they ever try to roll in and roll us over, that ain't happening, pal. That that's not happening. And no, it's not even happening. So, even if Hillary comes in, so it's it's not happening. It's not happening. I just want to say the overall tone of the White House uh, briefing today was the people in the audience. It, it, there was just such a spirit of encouragement. Everybody telling stories about. I mean, there were people who were complaining and people talking about problems and stuff. But most of all, people were just saying, "Look." There's so many things happening, so many things working, and we're all working together. We're all coming together. And the overall thing that I heard from so many people, JC, was what can I do to help? How can we connect to help? The people are desperate to link together and become a force together to be reckoned with. Yeah. And I think that this is just simply the we're on the precipice of something very, very big and very, very great. And I think it's time. I think that this was a good show for us to just sit back and, and you know, sort of take all that in for a little bit and be encouraged yep. ourselves. And yes, we did talk about treason. Yesterday's show is what we talk about. I, I really, to reiterate that, um, I thought that's what Barr was signaling. And mm -hmm. as I was listening to things today, I hear treason. I hear that word treason being mentioned, that like that wave is building William um, Barr said treason. I don't know if he if he used the word word treason, but he he uh, definitely. My brain filled it in. If he didn't, <laughs> no, he laid out. I mean, the way he framed it, there's that's what he was talking about. There's no question. Right. So again, we don't know where it's going to go and what the follow through is going to be, but I believe we can see what the intent is, uh, and right. and they're you know, they're trying to build the case. You heard him say, we're not going to do whatever without the evidence. So when they do come forward, when there's grand jury indictment and things like that, when they do come forward, you're going to know there is a case. I mean, because he said, we're not going to take it forward. So they're going to have their ducks in a row. They're going to, it's going to be a pile of evidence if they go that right. far and you know it. Cause, cause that's, right. I mean, that's basically what he signaled there. So, you know, I don't know who's that going to be. But, and I, I, I found it interesting, Angel, to this, to her, the question about the uh, media there, I did find it interesting how he several times uh, referenced the irresponsible yes, media. Yes, that's what he said, the irresponsible media. So it wouldn't be surprised, you know, when he referenced uh, outside players 
and the pre-election narrative and its origin, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they were looking at some of that stuff, uh, some of the mm -hmm. people in the media. Um, obviously, that's a difficult one because, you, you know, then you run up against the First Amendment and that sort of thing. But nevertheless, mm -hmm. uh, it wouldn't surprise me if some of those people are under the microscope. Right. So, yeah. And Fred, what is Siege? I got to check out Siege. What is that? Is that a series? Is is that YouTube? Is that, where do I find it? It does eight hours, 22 minutes. <laughs> yeah, eight hours, 22 minutes. I got to figure out what that is. So tell me, tell me in the text, in the chat, where I go to find that siege. Anyway, All right, so. well, I just want to say thank you. We'll see everybody tomorrow. I'll have more stories to tell. I have another meeting tomorrow at the White House and, uh, Tomorrow we'll talk about some other things, some constitution things that I wanted to talk about today, but it just didn't happen, so. Amen, thank you very much for the update and thank yeah. all you guys for being here. Are we gonna, we're yeah. gonna, uh, so we'll see you next time. Are we gonna shoot for our show tomorrow? <laughs> Sorry, hopefully I'll get to see JC next time. <laughs> all right, thanks guys, God guys. bless. Okay.